feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. The docket for President Trump is filling up. And what a surprise. They are now pushing in Georgia. This is the DA, Fannie Willis. She wants an October trial for Trump because she's hearing, of course, that the special counsel in D.C. wants his trial to start on March 4th, the day right before Super Tuesday. Now, remember, that's the date that she threw out. So tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, what a crazy confluence of events. You've got the Georgia DA who wanted the day before Super Tuesday, that pivotal day in the elections. And now you've got, of course, Jack Smith and the federal judge, which is, of course, Chutkin over there in D.C., she is now pushing for September, you know, looking at movements and looking at motions and then the actual trial starting on March 4th as well. So you've got both of them looking at the day before Super Tuesday. So now the Georgia D.A. says, well, you know what? Okay, instead of that day, as opposed to putting it months later or a year or two later, no, 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 no. We'll just move ours up to October. So now she is hoping that she can put President Trump and the 18 other co-defendants. There's a chance maybe one might separate from the batch. But uh, Trump and the 18 co-defendants being together in a trial that would start in October, which is right around the corner. That is the most unrealistic, craziest thing I have ever heard. Now, we also know, by the way, the arraignment for Trump in the Georgia case and the other co-defendants, which looks like one uh, sort of a small town, if you will. That's supposed to be on September 6th. So that is coming right up. That is an incredible moment that all of this is coming together. And he's supposed to also be running for president. He's the leading candidate on the GOP side. This is nuts. What is your thoughts, everybody, as you're hearing the fact that they all can't wait to hurry up and get the case? Because God forbid the American public decide who they want to vote for. No, no, no. It's like the Democrats and all of these attorneys and these judges have decided, no, we're going to try to make it as difficult as possible. Even President Trump, who seems to be able to juggle a lot of different things, how is he going to juggle all these dates kind of coming together and also be on the campaign trail, which in and of itself is just insane and crazy and wall to wall. So how could he juggle it possibly? It's just nuts. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, in the middle of all this, more details coming out about Hunter Biden. Get a load of this. This is all tying, of course, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden together. The National Archives has now responded 
to a freedom of information request from Southeastern Legal Foundation. That is sort of a, you know, a a group that goes and tries to expose details that are being covered up in government, different issues. I've known them for years. I know exactly who they are, and they've done some really pretty amazing work through the years. So they subpoenaed all these pseudonyms, all these fake names, all these fake email addresses that were coming out about President Biden when he was vice president. And remember, it was the names we talked about. Uh, Robert L. Peters, J.R.B. Ware, and also Robin Ware. Well, lo and behold, after a Freedom of Information Act, somehow they have had to acknowledge that they've done a search and they believe they have 5,400 emails with these fake names attached to them. Boy, is the plot thickening. Why do you have fake email addresses Why are you doing it on government business, too? It's not like he's ordering from Amazon or something like that. He's doing government business. And he's like CCing, you know, the president of Ukraine. And at one point, he's CCing his son, uh, telling him about meetings with the president of Ukraine. And then he goes over five days later. And then he also sends his son a draft of the speech that he's about to give in Ukraine. But remember, he keeps telling all of us that he knows nothing about his son's business, None of this just matches. It is inconceivable that he didn't know anything about his son's business. And now the National Archives, which seems to be quite a bit in the tank for President Joe Biden, they've come out and said, well, it could take a long time to get this information because they have 3,000 employees, but they just have, it's a lot of emails to go through. This is an amazing moment. So this could explain why maybe an impeachment inquiry may need to go forward, because if an impeachment inquiry goes forward, they will have sudden subpoena power. They can go after National Archives and say to them, hey, listen, could you expedite it? This is now under subpoena. This is not just some generic freedom of information request. This is now a full-fledged subpoena, so we need you to step up, and we need you to give the information. So what do you think is all this 5,400 emails? Why is he using fake names? It just defies logic. This comes also, as we know, about the burner phones. We know about the suspicious activity reports that were triggered at Treasury for all the big money that was going back and forth. We know about all the shell companies that were going back and forth. We know that Hunter Biden, according to multiple people, and you look at the pictures, you see him there and also his father, and they're meeting with Hunter's business partners, even though the father says he never talked to his son about business. He also said, you know what, on China, my son's never made a dime from China. Meanwhile, the son admitted during the whole plea deal thing that fell apart that, oh, yeah, 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 I did make money from China. And he also had to claim that he made money from Burisma. So, I mean, give me a break. This is just, and now there's all these fake emails. What are you doing? You're the vice president of the United States for policy, and you're using a fake email. You're CCing your son, and you're also CCing your son on stuff that's really high-level business stuff. It just defies logic. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And boy, it seems like a long ways away from when President Trump said this. Remember this famous moment in the October 2020 debate 
uh, where Trump and Biden started talking about the foreign money that Trump said, hey, you know, uh, you've been making some money on these uh, foreign countries. You've been doing all these kind of shady deals. Who could forget this moment that everybody in the media was like, oh, what are you talking about, President Trump? Take a listen. I don't make money from China. You do. I don't make money from Ukraine. You do. I don't make money from Russia. You made three and a half million dollars, Joe, and your son gave you. They even have a statement that we have to give 10 percent to the big man. You're the big man, I think. I don't know. Maybe you're not. But you're the big man, I think. Your son said we have to give 10 percent to the big man. Joe, what's that all about? It's terrible. And then here is many members of the mainstream media, if you will, uh, calling Trump a liar after that debate moment. Last night, Trump made clear his closing argument is just lies, lies and more lies, flooding the zone with a deluge of outright false claims. He covers up up, up, all those deficits by attacking Hunter Biden and trying to dirty up uh, uh, Biden. He maligned Joe Biden's son tonight, invoked unverified allegations against him, doubled down on this narrative about Hunter Biden, which conservatives have been pushing for years. This time, he was just a moving, a slow-moving manufacturer of lie after lie after lie after lie. That's what they said. Well, fast forward, because this is one of these jaw-droppers. This is Jake Tapper on CNN. CNN again, everybody, where he acknowledges Trump was right. Kessler wrote, Hunter Biden reported nearly $2.4 million in income in 2017 and 2.2 million in income in 2018, most of which came from Chinese or Ukrainian interests. But this, and this directly goes against what Joe Biden said in the debate in 2020 uh, with uh, Donald Trump. I mean, Trump was right. I mean, he did make a fortune from China and Joe Biden was wrong. Yeah, Joe Biden was wrong. That's a nice way to say maybe Joe Biden was lying. Maybe he wasn't just wrong. Maybe he was lying. Why would you not say that? And for someone who seems so close to his son that he sees seeing him on covert deals and covert discussions, there was also a discussion that had to deal with the U.S. hostage in Turkey. Why is he seeing his son on that? Why is he seeing his son on what looks like a draft speech that is going to then the Ukrainian parliament that Joe Biden is supposed to be delivering? Is he trying to get approval from his son or is he hoping his son is then going to forward it on to somebody and say, hey, look at the influence I have on my father at this deal that we're doing. Look, it's coming through. What's the objective? I mean, you have to ask yourself, why would you be CCing your son on such sensitive stuff and doing it with fake emails? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to George in Staten Island. Go ahead, George, line seven, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Um, Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just thought they could dig a hole to China, throw Trump in it, and we're still going to vote for him. They could fly him off to Pluto, which isn't a planet anymore. We're still going to vote for him because we know the truth. We're religious people. God is with us. God is with Trump. And we're all going to vote for him. And that's the end of the story. And they're all a bunch of liars. They're going to go down to the devil one day. And that's we're waiting to see that. Well, you know, what's interesting, George. Did you see um, there was a story today? uh, I believe it was Wall Street Journal where they essentially said that putting the trial, like in the case of Trump and voting, 
putting the trial on March 4th, which again is the day before Super Tuesday, they actually think is going to backfire. They think that what's going to happen is uh, here's the, here's the quote. It's the editorial board, Wall Street Journal. Uh, Mr. Trump might have the GOP nomination sewn up before the verdict arrives and voters can learn whether uh, he's convicted or not. They would certainly this would certainly delight Democrats, they say. But they also believe that it will also backfire, uh, that if the whole point is to bog them down, they're thinking that more people will come out for Super Tuesday because they will have seen Trump in court the day before. And feel obviously that he's being victimized. They'll feel sympathetic to him, and they, it you know, may have Rita, it may have Rita, some of the biggest Super Tuesday truth. turnout ever. Rita, we know the truth already. The guy served four great years. We're watching these idiots mess up the whole world. We know the truth. We're going to vote for Trump. Tell them, write them a big letter in red letters. You're idiots. We know the truth. American people know the truth that simple well you know what's interesting george you got to also tell the rest of the media because there was a report today that on some of these email aliases which i think are very interesting uh a lot of the other abc news not wabc abc news zero cnn zero time uh cbs zero time i mean I, i mean i how could you ignore it george i'm not saying you i'm saying the mainstream media how could you ignore it because they're liars, they got blindfolds on, they're looking at the devil. And we know the truth. We are God's people. He is God's servant. He's helped us for years. We're going to vote for him. Amen. Say amen. All right. Well, George, thank you very much. Uh, great call. Beautiful call. And God bless you and amen to you, George. Amen. All right, God George. America. God bless America for sure. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. You heard George saying if they threw Trump in a hole, uh, he would still vote for him. And so would many others. And all this is going to backfire big time because it is so transparent And such overkill what the Democrats are doing right now. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Peters wasn't the only one. J.R. Beware and Robert Ware. And there may be also, there are reports that there may have actually been three more that President Biden, then Vice President, may have actually had six different aliases. You can't make this up. This is crazy. And in a lot of these, he was CCing his son. Why would you CC your son? It defies logic. And here is what James Comer has to say, because he says these pseudonyms, fake names, is really bad. And they're going to get to the bottom of it. Remember, Congress is coming back in about a week. And he says they will demand answers. We're very concerned 
now that Joe Biden was using pseudonyms to hide the fact that he was working with his son to peddle access to our enemies around the world in exchange for wire transfers that we've already discovered that went to shell companies or fake companies uh, while he was vice president. So let's just think about this. The vice president at the time, Joe Biden, was using fake names in emails. Uh, and he also was working with his family to set up fake companies to receive wires from foreign nationals that were then laundered into at least nine family members' bank accounts. I mean, this is one of the worst stories that, that I've ever heard with respect to any type of leader in the history of our country. And those family members include grandkids. So why are they being wired money through shell companies and some of the money originating from some of these rogue individuals? Here is Judge Janine Pirro with her take. It's a clear attempt to avoid any kind of transparency, uh, sharing information allegedly about his schedule that includes issues of the Ukraine at the time when Joe Biden was appointment on energy in Ukraine. And according to the National Archives, 5,400 such emails, 5,400 such emails. I'll say it again. And it was during the years that Joe Biden was vice president, 14 and 15. Um, at that, that was, those were the years that David Weiss, the now special counsel, uh, allow the statute of limitations to run. Uh, the, the years that under the 1023, the Bidens were pretty much demanding $5 million and $5 million from Zlovchesky, who was the head of Burisma. Too many coincidences. That's the bottom line. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Pete. Line three. Pete, your thoughts about this? Yeah, hi, Rita. Thank you for taking my call. Always, my friend. What What do you make of the aliases? You know, this is just, it's so fishy between that and the burner phones and the shell companies. I mean, it, there's there's clearly a lot of fishy stuff going on here. Rita, if you follow the, if you follow the timeline, the timeline, the chronological order of things, since when Donald Trump came down the escalator, okay, right up to right now, Rita, it smells to high heaven, okay? But here's the thing, Rita. Donald Trump in 2020 on the campaign stage, and you played it a little, several moments ago, Rita, that was the beginning of all this, but it finally it started getting exposed. And here's the worst part of all of it, Rita. The main, the dumb and the lame and mainstream media covered for this old fool. Yeah, that, by the way, they continue. Uh, it seems to cover for him. I mean, look at look at what happened, Pete. By the way, in uh, Maui, when he goes over to Maui, and you know, listen, if he says something that I think is a great speech, there have been times where I've I've felt he's made some decent speeches. I haven't heard one in a long time from him. Uh, I'm not necessarily even talking about content. I'm talking about aesthetics. But even content and aesthetics, what he said in Maui was shameful. To go over there, oh, the ground's hot, um, compares his small kitchen fire to what they went through. That, to me, was despicable. And then you'll go to the other media. you look at a number of the members of the media, and they say, wasn't President Biden heartfelt? Wasn't he touching? I- I'm like, what planet were they on? What were they watching? 
But I feel like there is a wake up because you're starting to hear reporters asking questions. You just heard what Jake Tapper said. It sounds like it's starting. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our great law enforcement and their incredible work, the men and women in blue. A powerful story coming from Mount Vernon, New York, where two Mount Vernon police officers, Camacho and Officer Rizzo, as well as other first responders in Mount Vernon, are being credited with saving the life of a man, and it happened early Saturday morning, shortly before 4.30 in the morning. Emergency service unit officers rushed to the scene when they got a call of a pedestrian hit by a vehicle at a street corner. First on the scene, the officers identified that there were major lacerations and an open fracture to the left leg of the pedestrian. Quickly removing the clothing of the victim, an officer immediately applied a tourniquet above the victim's leg injury, stopped the bleeding. The officer continued critical life-saving measures until the ambulance arrived. And when the police department followed up with the victim at the medical center, the staff there told them that the tourniquet application to the victim's leg not only immediately stopped the bleeding, but also saved the victim's life. Uh, What great news. So in a statement released on social media, the Mount Vernon, New York Police Association said, quote, great job by police officers Camacho and Rizzo and everyone else involved on this call. This is what experienced and talented police officers are able to do, save lives. And what a great ending to that story by the quick thinking by the men and women in blue. Well, we're talking about, boy, double standards. Have you heard anything, anything from the special counsel who's supposed to be investigating President Biden and his classified documents? Nada, nothing. You don't hear anything. And remember, he wasn't even supposed to have documents because he was senator through much of it. Also part of it, of course, when he was vice president, there's still so many questions. And now we're getting a lot more details about these hidden emails that he was using, covert names. Uh, We've talked to a lot of people who've worked in the White House at previous administrations. They've all said they've never heard anything like this. So, I mean, this is just, it raises a lot of red flags, to put it nicely. How's that? It raises a ton of red flags. Meantime, with the President Trump cases, boy, it's like full steam ahead. They can't wait to hurry up and go through this. And boy, the contrast could not be more obvious. Case in point, again, now that we know that the D.C. judge has set the date for the day before Super Tuesday to start that case. And now we're hearing the Georgia case, which is pretty similar to the federal case. It's the Georgia version of it. Uh, But the Georgia version, the judge there is looking at the possibility of maybe starting the case in October because they also wanted Super Tuesday. What a surprise, right before probably one of the biggest contests in the election season. 
And not only is that, he also has the Alvin Bragg case. He has got the classified documents case that we talked about. He's got the Eugene Care. I mean, there's just so many things, so many layers. Uh, there's also, again, the arraignment. He has still not been arraigned again in that Georgia case. That's coming next week. So you got all these things all happening at once. And yet, you know what? What's going on with Joe Biden? Nothing. And you're looking at what is right now. It just looks so unseemly. He is the leading candidate by far on the GOP side. Some of the latest polls show him at 51 percent, even after the debate and showing DeSantis still in the teens, 13, 14, 15, 16. Uh, that's basically right now where he's at. Nippy, Nikki Haley's coming up a little bit. Um, you can see Vivek Ramaswamy still in that same area. but. He is leaps and bounds. He is clearly the biggest threat to Joe Biden right now and to the deep state. And that is why clearly the Democrats want to take him out. Uh, Take a listen. This is Jonathan Turley uh, saying that this is outrageous. These dates that are being selected are just way too transparent. Take a listen. What I don't understand is why the court shoehorned this date uh, right before Super Tuesday. She actually had to make a call to New York to see if they'd give a little uh, in moving their date back, which I think is about 20 days later. Each of these trials is going to take weeks. And the question is, why is it so necessary to daisy chain these trials before the election? And I. And he also says that this is clearly an overwhelming task. Even if you have great attorneys, even if you can compartmentalize and one day be in the courtroom and the next day out on the campaign trail, I mean, clearly President Trump is able to juggle a lot and handle stress like no other. But still, this is a ridiculous request. It's an absurd request. And listen to what Law school professor Jonathan Turley has to say about it. I know you're not supposed to uh, acknowledge that uh, there are due process issues here for the defense, but mm-hmm. there are. At some point, it gets ludicrous. You know, you've got in one case alone 12 million documents that the defense is going to have to review. They're required ethically to review those yeah. documents. Uh, so these judges are asking those defense lawyers, I think, increasingly do the impossible if they're going to do all these trials before the election. And meantime, There are basically tens of millions of dollars that are coming from rogue individuals that went via company or Hunter Biden directly, somehow ending up in these other family bank accounts. There's emails that refer to the big guy. We know now that there's this suspicious activity reports. President Biden saying he never met, you know, the business people. There's just so many misspeaks. That's a nice way to say incorrect statements or lies. I mean, it's just there are so many of them that are flooding over and over again. And yet it is full steam ahead on President Trump. And let's just try to ignore anything related to President Biden. The White House is trying to be in la-la land whenever there's a question that has to do with Hunter Biden or has to do with Joe Biden. So, you know, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the spokesperson there, has a really tough job. I did think Circle Back Saki did a much better job. But Corinne Jean-Pierre, who is there, and she's taking all the incoming questions and all the incoming firing from different reporters. There's not that many even asking about Hunter Biden, but some are, including, of course, Fox News' Peter Ducey. 
So listen to this exchange. She is being so careful, she won't even talk about Hunter's artwork, let alone all the other things we just talked about. Everything is like, I know nothing, I know nothing. Listen to this back and forth that happened this week. The Secret Service is paying $16,000 a month now to stage near Hunter Biden in Malibu. Who's paying for that? That's a question for the Secret Service. Okay. Hunter Biden is reportedly selling art to pay for his $15,800 a month rent in Malibu. How can you guarantee that people are not going to be buying this art to gain favor with the president? That is a question for Hunter Biden and his representatives. It's, it's a I, I know. I hear. I hear. I hear Got a job from the Biden administration. Can you guarantee that there is no? I hear. No I hear your question. I'm not going to get involved in this. That is a question for Hunter Biden's representatives. So, but we know that uh, from a Hunter Biden associate now that he sold the appearance of access to then Vice President Biden. Are you confident that he has stopped doing that? That is a question for Hunter Biden. If somebody is selling the appearance of access that is, to the White House, that, that is, is a question for the White House. No, that is that is your uh, your I don't know how you're perceiving that. Sworn that. <laughs> testimony I, by Devin Archer. He said, "I am just not, Peter. I'm just not going to get into this. I'm just not." So, this testimony since the last time that I was in here, uh, Devin Archer talks about how he and Hunter Biden tried to profit off the Biden brand. What is the Biden brand? I'm not going to get into it from here. I'm not going to get into it from here. We're going to move on. Uh, is today Tuesday? I'm not going to answer it from here. I mean, you might as well have asked that. Uh, she is walking on eggshells. That is so crazy. Can you talk about uh, that the White House isn't for sale? Uh, I can't answer that. Can you talk about, uh, you know, that no one should be taking advantage of their position at the White House? Oh, I can't answer that. Uh, can you talk about the new paint job at the White House? No, no, no. I can't answer that. I mean, this is like, this is what we can expect for the next year plus. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Vito on line three. Vito, your thoughts about all this? Yes, Rita. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. What do you think, here, Vito? Uh, the objective here is we want Trump to be president. Whatever Biden is doing now, how will that help us? With all the migrants that are coming in and those 8 million or 10 million votes that they're going to have, uh, it's not going to help us. Well, you know, Vito, you brought up a great point because um, Nicole Maliotakis, of course, the congresswoman from New York, has said that she firmly believes that the whole migrant issue. And in fact, let me play this. Um, This is cut number 10. You had an interesting point, and I was talking about it earlier today, and I talked about it actually last week with Nicole Maliotakis, the congresswoman, because you're right. There is this plan uh, that she believes may be part of the reason that a lot of Democratic folks are saying, let's hurry up and get work permits for these migrants that have crossed the border illegally, that are in many communities, including in New York and Staten Island, as you uh, live there. You know, there's the big protest there at the Catholic school. That's turned into a migrant shelter. And she thinks that the objective, the reason that a lot of Democrats are pushing to hurry up and get them to vote, get them to rather uh, be working and have work permits, is that they would then be able to vote, that they could then qualify as legal non-citizens, which that could be a blockbuster if that's the case. That means they could vote in places like New York where you pass a law like that, which Bill de Blasio did. 
uh, which is crazy. So non-citizens can vote in municipal elections. That's like city council. That's mayor. Uh, here is Nicole Maliotakis explaining this veto. And I don't think many people know about it, and they, they haven't been, because we've been in court battling this since Bill de Blasio and the city council passed it. But Eric Adams has done us no favors, because when we won in court, he was the mayor, and he appealed the decision. And so they are trying to jam through this provision that it would allow non-citizens to vote. And we know that it is a sacred privilege of being an American citizen. Yeah, that's interesting. Vito, your reaction, because... That's why there could be some ulterior objective to have them vote, because once you're here and you're working, it's a lot harder to say, hey, go back. Your thoughts, Vito? Yes, but I think what they'll they'll do is just have these uh, uh, mailings, the mailing votes coming from them, whether they're working or not, because uh, they've done this in the past, harvested votes. Well, and, um, and 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 I will say, though, Vito, that Republicans, wherever it is lawful, that's the key. There is, by the way, there is ballot harvesting in some states and where it is legal in some states. Obviously, you don't want to do anything illegal, but where it is legal, uh, the Republicans have to at least use what is available and make sure that people get out early and vote, absentee vote, unless they can change the system. Um, you know, I don't it's 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 so hard to overcome the lead that they get, whether it's in states where they allow ballot harvesting, which some of them do. Some of them allow you can bring it and you could have folks at a nursing home or other folks sign up. I mean, obviously, it has to be done appropriately, but wherever it's allowed, uh, people need to do the early voting, too, and not just rely on Election Day because you can never overcome that. I mean, you know, you have to work within the system as it is in each different state and the laws of each different state. Uh, But you're right. It is. But people need to get galvanized like never before and get out and vote. That is the most important thing I think people can do. Uh, Vito, thank you very much. Let's go to Teddy in Yonkers. Line four. Ted, your thoughts. Uh, Yes, Rita. I'm just uh, amazed. And all of my colleagues say the same thing. If you want to have credibility, Rita, you Ted, 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 hang on, hang on. No, 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 Ted. Listen, first of all, uh, if you want to have credibility, you will stop repeating yourself every time you call and every time you call into all the different shows. So that's a good way to start. Uh, Second of all, if you want to talk about the issues, you are welcome to. But I know you hate Trump and you don't like anyone who wants to be fair to Trump. So that's what this is all about, Ted. And I believe in being fair to everybody. And if you have a problem with being fair to everybody, uh, then, you know, then whatever. I can't, I can't convince you clearly. But I am fair to individuals when I believe they should be. You don't think that this is a pylon on Trump? Ted, focus on the issues, all right? Don't you think, can't you, I mean, don't you think it's an awfully unusual that they pick the day before Super Tuesday? You think it's just some random, like they pulled it out of a drop of a hat? What do you think, Ted? Be done at the at the request of the defendant. It should be. That means that it's up to the. That means the judge will say to me if I was in the in the courtroom. Uh, when do you want the trial to start, Teddy? When do you want the trial to start? Oh, Ted, Ted. Let me let me say. If you were in the court, if you were running for president as President Trump is, or say the you know say the, it was flipped. Say it's President Biden running, and he's the leading candidate. And he is running and he's in the Trump position right now. And suddenly they pick, you know, the day before Super Tuesday. I would say, oh, that's not fair. 
You know, even if it was a Democratic judge, I would say it's not fair. You know, I would just say that's not appropriate because Super Tuesday is an enormous day in the election calendar. There's so much work that goes into it. There's so much preparation that goes into it. And to be distracted the day before when you should be out on the campaign trail, even if you're far ahead, it just it's just completely unfair. And I do think it is election interference. I would say the same thing if it was President Biden, any candidate. It's just it's inconceivable. You just heard from, you know, Jonathan Turley. There's over I think it's 12 million pages that they have between all of the election stuff all over the place. This is the federal case. There's a lot of documents. You think it's fair to say, hey, by the way, and then the next day you can go out on the campaign trail. I mean, there's just something un-American about it. And it's not a Republican issue, Ted. It's an American issue. It's a constitutional issue. It's it's a fairness issue. And and don't you see that or you don't agree? Let me let me you have a point on that. But let me make my final point. All I know is you have a candidate who's been indicted for he has four indictments, 19 charges, and you let it go. And you know, no, I, 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 I actually talk about, I talk about it. And Joe Biden. Yeah, because you, know, you know you why, Ted? Have equal Ted, criticism. Ted, That's why BJ and Ted, 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 do you have like earplugs in or something? I mean, you're like, you're not even like, let me get a word in edgewise. Boy, are you passionate tonight, Ted? Because I guess you think that Biden walks on water and I guess it's normal to have shell companies. I guess it's normal to have fake email addresses. I guess it's normal to have tens of millions of dollars from the former mayor of Moscow's wife, Chinese officials, Burisma. I guess it's just all a coincidence, right, Ted? And I'm sure you would say that if it was Trump. You know darn well if it was Trump right now, you would have said, you know, send in the firing squad, the execution. You would have thrown him in. You know, forget it. I'm telling you, you know, Ted, you got to be fair to everyone. And that's why I still love hearing from you, uh, despite your criticism. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And coming up in the next hour, some gripping testimony today from family members who lost loved ones at the Abbey Gate. Remember, 13 U.S. servicemen and women died when that suicide bombing happened. Uh, during the dismal withdrawal of Afghanistan of U.S. troops. And Joe Biden reportedly unilaterally decided, it seems, to go ahead with the withdrawal and abandon Bagram, abandon the equipment. We had a number of generals who said, don't give up Bagram, don't do this, don't do that. Uh, But Joe Biden was intent on doing it. And today the family members spoke out. We're going to talk about that. And also massive finger pointing over the migrant crisis in New York. Uh, The Biden administration basically blaming New York. Uh, Adams pointing a finger at Governor Kathy Hochul. Governor Kathy Hochul pointing a finger at Adams. uh, And also Governor Abbott of Texas saying he's going to fight protecting Texas all the way to the Supreme Court. 
So things are really intensifying. We're going to talk about that as well. So we have a lot more ahead on the Rita Cosby Show. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline, line eight. Uh, Jacqueline, uh, please give me some common sense after Fuzzy Teddy Bear. Go ahead. I, I think you'll be happy. Uh, you know, first of all, your first call of Dominic was correct. The majority of the over 73 million who voted for President Trump in 2020 will probably vote for him in 24. And surveys showed that those who voted for Biden in 2020 would not have if they had known about the Hunter Biden laptop. So I doubt they'll vote for him in 24. I also don't think that the DNC will run him, especially with all of the additional evidence that's been uncovered regarding the Biden crime family. And in addition to how he has destroyed this country in terms of the border, drugs, consumer prices like food and gasoline. Um, You know, the independents and even the Democrats won't be voting for Biden. No, you're right. And you know what's interesting, Jacqueline? There's a new poll that came out. And I think it was 67 percent of Democrats said they didn't want Biden and words they used to describe him, old, senile, a couple of other choice words. And that's why they got to go after Trump instead of looking in the mirror. Feisty, fearless and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Just in a little bit ago, uh, even though the lawsuits have been a mess and the indictments have been a mess and the trial dates have been a mess, as we've been talking about with President Trump, just in that President Trump has raked in $9.4 million since the Georgia mugshot. That's an incredible amount of money. $9.4 million. And since August, when all these other indictments have happened, of course, the Georgia case and all the other stuff prior to that, well, $20 million uh, that came in in August. That is an astounding amount, more than $20 million in August, $9.4 million alone since the Georgia mugshot. Uh, so it looks like it is ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching for President Trump, even though uh, he is still being pulled off of the campaign trail or trying to at least juggle both as he still tries to run for president and says nothing will stop him. Also, statements coming in from President Trump about a whole bunch of new things, especially as we're talking about that new date that they actually set the day before Super Tuesday, which really is an astounding uh, you know, thought that they would actually say, of all days, we're going to pick the day right before Super Tuesday. President Trump putting on his truth social quote, these indictments and lawsuits are all part of my political opponent's campaign plan. It is election interference, and they are going to use the FBI DOJ to help them, which is illegal. 
He says, Crooked Joe pushed this litigation hard to get it done. This is a new low in presidential politics. Did the Democrats, I say, be careful what you wish for? Wow. And it is going to be a fight to the finish because they seem to continue to want to do this. And President Trump says nothing is stopping him. One thing for sure is going to be the issue of the border. We're going to talk about that later on in this hour because what a mess. All the different finger pointing that is taking place now between Mayorkas, of course, the Department of Homeland Security secretary. He's blaming New York, basically saying, here's some things you could do better. And then you've got Mayor Eric Adams saying that Governor Hochul is wrong. Uh, because she says, no, you know what, the migrants shouldn't have to go to any other counties outside of Manhattan uh, because you're the guys who said you have a sanctuary city and the right to shelter. These other places don't. She doesn't want to have the rest of New York State fall apart like it is in New York City. And meantime, Eric Adams finally saying that it's a problem at the border, that you got to stop the flow. I was very happy to hear that from him. So at least some headway with all of this, but it is still such a mess. And we're going to talk about who's to blame and how to fix this. And I don't know if there is any way to fix it right now, other than plug the hole and try to figure out where the 8 million who have come in under President Biden are, which is an astounding number. Meantime, today, uh, we heard gripping testimony from these family members who lost loved ones, of course, two years ago, almost to the day when the suicide bombing happened at the Abbey Gate right in Afghanistan, right near Kabul Airport. That was during that disastrous withdrawal that Joe Biden, now we know, he was told, hey, don't give up Bagram, maybe you shouldn't leave the equipment behind. Of course, he left Bagram, he left billions upon billions of dollars of equipment behind. And today, the testimony from these Gold Star family members, remember there are 13 U.S. service members that were killed at the gate when a suicide bombing happened. And there was intel that basically signified that they knew that there was somebody planning and plotting to do an explosion, and they believed right by the Abbey Gate that day, and they were working at a hotel. They were counting on the Taliban to do the raid or to do the strike. And then they also found out that it was when Bagram was opened up and when the guys got out, remember, because they left Bagram behind, that suddenly, guess what? One of those guys was one of the suicide bombers. So there was a lot of intel that was clearly missed. Why didn't they take the shot? Why did they say to the sniper when he had the suicide bomber at that moment even in his crosshairs when he's at the gate and they told him to wait and the bomb goes off. I mean, what, there were so many mistakes and yet the White House says, oh, it was a good plan. No regrets, basically. Well, today we heard from Cheryl Rex, who lost her son. He was a service member there at Abbey Gate. And listen to what she had to say. She said she was appalled that when her son's body came back to Dover Air Force Base, and, of course, sadly, in a casket, a flag-draped casket, uh, probably the most difficult moment ever that any parent could ever endure. I can't even imagine uh, losing a loved one, especially all these details now that are coming out. And so Cheryl Rex said she was just appalled when President Biden came and talked to her. And she says that he just was like, you know, talking about his son. And he was looking at his watch at Dover Air Force Base. And she recounted that again today. Here is Cheryl Rex talking all about that. 
what he could have done was not talk about his son when it was about our, my son and the other 12 on that day. I have never spoken to him since. Um, he's re- refused to speak with us. He does not have any coordinates to talk with us. He could call me. I have a phone number. He could call me. Um, I'm not sure what he could do at this point. Honor them. Say their names. Talk about them. Yeah. And man up and talk about your failures that you held in Afghanistan. But the Biden White House doesn't even admit they did anything wrong. They will not say they did anything wrong. Remember this moment? This is John Kirby. There he is at the podium at the White House. And he's asked about the Afghanistan withdrawal and the chaos. Remember, Afghans chasing the C-130 flight like running for their lives, clinging onto the plane, knowing it's probably the last plane out that they had to catch it or else they were going to be left behind to the brutal regime of the Taliban. So the Afghans were chasing after it. These were the good guys, many of them allies who were helping Americans, and they were left high and dry. And they did not seem, uh, you know, the White House was like, uh, what chaos? Remember this moment? Here's John Kirby. And so for all this talk of chaos... I just didn't see it, not from my perch. At one point during the evacuation, there was an aircraft taking off full of people, Americans and Afghans alike, every 48 minutes, and not one single mission was missed. So I'm sorry, I just won't buy the whole argument of chaos. Are you kidding me? Not chaos? That image will eternally epitomize President Biden's foreign policy. How could it not? How could it not? With them clinging, because they knew if they stayed behind... And the Taliban found out that they were helping the Americans. They were going to be executed and their families executed and tortured. And we left them high and dry. To me, it was one of the most despicable, embarrassing and just downright shameful moments in American history. And here is Cheryl Rex talking about John Kirby and the way he and the White House have responded to her and the other Gold Star families. It's very frustrating. It's heartbreaking. Um, it's very heartbreaking for everybody who is out there. All who served, they, they served with all their heart, and they were doing an amazing job trying to save as many lives as they possibly could. And for their discredit and mm-hmm. non-honorable um, situations, I don't feel that's correct. Um, I'm a mother of two Marines, and I feel that honor is, is held to a higher level. This is not honor. Yeah, it is not honor. And to not give those families their due is just, it's atrocious. And you can bet uh, if Trump stays as the GOP nominee frontrunner right now and gets the nomination secured, which could happen around Super Tuesday if he can get out of court in time. But if all of that comes together, you can bet he will take it to President Biden, any Republican Uh, should take it to President Biden and say, hey, wait a minute. You know what? You left those people high and dry. Go after them on the border. There are so many issues that deal with national security. That mistake in Afghanistan, we will pay for generations to come because China saw it. Russia saw it. A lot of people saw it and said, hey, uh, this is time to move in because look how weak they looked in Afghanistan, sadly. And is that the way that we should have ended you know, a 20-year war? I don't think so. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 
9222. Let's go to Pete in Staten Island. Um, Pete, first, um, uh, just real quick, your thoughts about everything with Afghanistan and the fact that here it is, two years, and this administration has yet to concede they did anything wrong. No one has been demoted. No one's been removed. No one's been fired. I mean, it, that you would have thought they would have said, wait, 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 who gave the the problem is it looks like they all gave the president advice, his senior military people, and he didn't take it. So the only person who could be fired, I guess, is himself. That was absolutely horrible when those people were chasing that plane for their dear life. They're trying to climb in anyway, knowing that if they got into the cargo part, when the plane would take off and get to a certain height that they would either freeze to death or die from no oxygen. Uh, I, I saw that, and I'll tell you, I had tears in my eyes because those people were giving us information on where things were. They were saving our lives, and to just abandon people. I don't think anybody will really ever do that again. I don't think any foreign people uh, would ever be, give information knowing that we would abandon them. I mean, it's been done already. I know one president that would never abandon them, and that's Donald J. Trump. Uh, his heart is in this. Uh, it, it, that's the only thing that could be because he has all the wealth. He has all the uh, beautiful things in life, and yet he, he he stays back and gets abused by the American people who uh, d- that hate him for well, the great man that he is. They're a bunch of haters, like Jacqueline said. Haters of haters. Yeah, I, well, like like Ted, who called earlier, Pete, it's like there's no gray. Orange man bad, no matter what he does. Um, uh, your Great point. Pete, thank you very much. Let's go to Eric real quick on line two. Eric, your thoughts? Uh, well, about, about this issue, I mean, you know, it's, this is where you pay millions and millions and millions for, for, you know, under the table or through shell corporations, fake emails. I mean, you get what you pay for. I mean, for pennies in comparison to, to what, like the previous call was saying, the trust that's lost now around the world. Absolutely. And also, Eric, we left so much stuff behind, too. I mean, we left billions upon billions of dollars that are now in the wrong hands. Uh, and apparently now uh, the Taliban's basically like I think it's the world's strong fourth world's strongest army. Thanks to great U.S. equipment. What a pathetic uh, testament that is. Uh, Judith, real quick, line three. Judith, your thoughts. Well, I'm calling because I'm very angry at a bunch of stuff. So, but with Afghanistan, I'm not calling with that, but with Afghanistan, it would have been a totally different thing under President Trump's plan. I know Stan from Forest Hills thinks it's otherwise. He did have a plan, Stan, but Trump's plan was so much different than this one. Biden did the exact opposite, and that's, it's all on Biden. He, you know, he cares about three people, me, myself, and I. He doesn't care about anything else. Listen, Ted. The Constitution says the defendant has the right to prepare for his or her defense, not the other way around, mister, for a speedy trial. This is American. By the way, uh, Ted, these indictments are created conspiracy, corrupt, lying narratives. I'm not a lawyer, but I could punch holes in every single one. He is innocent of all of them. There's, You know, Rita, no matter how great Trump's defense team will be, these judges are political outlaw hacks. They are Marxist. They don't care. Fanny, the fraudulent fool, her father's a Black Panther, Marxist. These people, the judge is January 6th. She comes from a family of Marxists. What do you think? She's out for blood. She's like, she's a real hack. 
he can't possibly get a just fair trial, Rita. Well, well and Judith, the, Judith, the D- in- Judith, the D.C. one, too, by the way. I mean, you look at it. The D.C., you brought up uh, Tanya Chutkin. She worked at the firm where Hunter Biden worked at the same time where the Burisma account was. I mean, how is that not a conflict of interest? It should be, burp, let's remove that judge. It is so transparent. And you can't even have the appearance of conflict. And that's beyond even an appearance. That's why I think he's got to get the cases out and put them in federal court. Um, and then at least has a better shot than sort of uh, local juries. I'm talking about in the Georgia case. That case already is a federal case. Uh, but in D.C., uh, I, I think it's going to have to, like, go to where it gets to an appeal. Um, or maybe he, you know, goes right all the way to the Supreme Court and says this is a violation of my civil rights and maybe they would entertain it because they could say, hey, it's election interference. This is clear selective prosecution and persecution. And maybe the Supreme Court would hear it. That could be a saving grace. one 800 And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. You just slip out the back, Jack. Make a new plan, stand. You don't need to be coy, Roy. Just get yourself free. Hop on the bus, Gus. You don't need to discuss much. Just drop off the key, Lee, and get yourself free. Ooh, slip out the back. Well, wow, that would fit. There it is. Make a new plan, Stan, from Forest Hills. There you go, Stan. You got a song named after you. Wow, 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 wow. Good old Stan. We love Stan and Ted. They're lovable. They eat uh, sour lemons for breakfast, but that's beside the point. But we still love them. One thing I don't love is obviously uh, to get an accounting now, we're hearing about the details of what was left behind in Afghanistan. And they believe 84 billion dollars taxpayer money of equipment left behind in Afghanistan. Think about that. $84 billion worth of U.S. equipment left behind when we did that disastrous withdrawal. Uh, That includes 75,000 vehicles and it includes 208 planes and helicopters and a lot more. That is shameful. Why did we leave it behind And also, why do the family members who lost loved ones, those heroic servicemen and women who died at Abbey Gate right there at the Kabul airport when the suicide bombing went off, they still feel they haven't gotten answers. They feel that the president hasn't even called them, hasn't even helped to give them answers about the final moments of their child's death. They feel frustrated. They feel angry and deservedly so. They 1,000% deserve our incredible love and respect. And there should be some accountability. Why is there no accountability to this moment? Nobody has been demoted. Nobody's been removed. Nobody's been fired. It was absolutely chaotic. And no repercussions for the most dismal withdrawal in American history.
Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, by the way, a big shout out, of course, to everybody down there in Florida uh, dealing with the Hurricane Idalia. Uh, it is expected to hit landfall in a matter of hours. It is said to be intensifying, and there's a chance that it could become a Category 4 storm, which is a huge storm. And right now it is headed toward Tampa. So our thoughts and prayers, of course, are with everybody there in Florida. And uh, just thoughts and prayers all over, not just Florida, but the Carolinas, and Georgia and some other places that could get socked by the storm, but especially Florida, as it could be hitting landfall in a matter of hours. And needless to say, a lot of military and emergency workers, law enforcement and others will be there at the scene to try to help all the citizens. So our thoughts and prayers so much with you tonight as you brace uh, for what we hope uh, will be a minor storm, uh, but all signs are pointing that sadly it may be intensifying at this hour. And of course, we'll keep you posted on all of that. Uh, meantime, uh, a positive story coming from Santa Clarita, California, where a Vietnam veteran named Rick Barker uh, joked over the weekend uh, there that the weather was not appropriate for being wrapped up in a blanket because it was 95 degree heat. But he said he was honored and he was wrapped in a special quilt from the Quilt of Valor Foundation, which gave it to the Vietnam War veteran Rick Barker to honor him for his service in Vietnam in 1968. The Vietnam quilt, uh, the Vietnam veteran received it uh, from, again, the Quilt of Valor Foundation and the volunteer who put it together from that foundation said, quote, please know that this quilt is meant to convey comfort and appreciation for your sacrifice for our country. Every stitch has been lovingly sewed. How beautiful is that? Uh, Veteran Barker, by the way, served in the Marine Corps in 1968 in the Vietnam War, and he was wounded in August 1969. In 1970, he was medically retired. By the way, his son followed in his dad's footsteps, joining the U.S. Army to fight in Iraq and Afghanistan, having served for 22 years as son before retiring as a master sergeant. How beautiful that both father and son, um, such great heroes in the family, and how beautiful that he has that quilt now to think about how much we all love veteran Rick Barker. And to all of our great Vietnam veterans, welcome home. We love you and we appreciate you. Well, the military has been called often, uh, the National Guard and others, to the border uh, because it is just a downright mess. Uh, the latest numbers showing that it's been going up at the border, even though it has been getting hotter down there at the border. And as you can see, in almost every town across America, every town's basically a border town. And New York City, for example, is busting at the seams. There are more than 200 temporary migrant shelters because they're all coming to New York because they hear about the free hotel rooms, the free food, the free phone, the free health care. Uh, and now things are so bad because there's protests all over the place. People are saying they don't want a migrant shelter in the community. In Staten Island, New York, for example, they're putting them up in an old Catholic school that's right across the street, literally 20 feet from a grammar school that's still functioning with K through 12. It's mostly male migrants. I don't blame the migrants. 
they hear freebie, they're leaving countries that they're not happy with and coming to America, the greatest country in the world. But this has been a mess. And now tonight, there is so much finger pointing. I can't wait to get your reaction on this because this is coming from every single different direction. First, of course, you have Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, who has, I think, been the worst Homeland Security Secretary in American history, because clearly his mission is keep the border open, despite what he keeps repeatedly saying under oath. And even what he's saying under oath, I don't understand why he has not been impeached. All you have to do is just show the border, show them walking through, show what's happening in cities like New York City, where there are, again, over 200 shelters and many more coming up. They're talking about putting 7,000 at Floyd Bennett Field, which is an airfield in Brooklyn. I mean, that's just the beginning. It's a big airfield. There's going to be probably 70,000 before this is all done there. I mean, this is just, this is insane. And yet Mayorkas continues to testify that the border is closed. Remember this testimony that he said not too long ago? The border is not open. We will continue to fully enforce our immigration laws in a safe, orderly, and humane manner. All right. So if you believe that, I will give you the Brooklyn Bridge because that is just insane. And so then here he is again saying everything's under control. Again, this is under oath. We inherited a broken and dismantled system that is already under strain. It is not built to manage the current levels and types of migratory flows. Only Congress can fix this. Yet we have effectively managed an unprecedented number of non-citizens seeking to enter the United States and interdicted more drugs and disrupted more smuggling operations than ever before. Right. Uh, What a joke. That guy's got a great sense of humor because he said it with a straight face, deadpanned. I mean, that is like the biggest bunch of hogwash that I have ever seen. Anybody who's been to the border recently says it is wide open. And the numbers just tell the story. You don't even have to look at the images. You see it for yourself. You see it in almost every neighborhood across America. And you certainly see it in a great city like New York that is overwhelmed at this point. So New York City Mayor Eric Adams, to his credit, here is what he had to say a little bit ago. I'm happy to hear that he finally said, try to plug the hole. Take a listen. The answer to this question is not... Can we find more places for migrants to fit in New York City and in New York State? That's just not the answer. The answer is, how do we stop the flow? How do we stop the flow? Well, is that sort of plug the hole? He didn't quite say it's the border, but he is saying stop the flow coming to New York. Although, on the other hand, he's putting a big neon sign saying... You know, we're a sanctuary city, even though most New York taxpayers don't want it. So he's kind of trying to have it both ways. And here's a little bit more, because now he is really kind of having it out a little bit with Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, because she's saying none of the other counties, none of the other 50 plus counties in New York have the responsibility to take other migrants. We can't force them to go unless they voluntarily want to go, but nobody wants to go. They all want to stay in New York City, basically, or in a right around, you know, Manhattan. And so in addition to all of that, uh, basically, she said, you know what? It's too bad. It's New York City. 
You have the rules of the right to shelter and the sanctuary city, even though a lot of that's, of course, up for debate. And that means it's your responsibility. So listen to Eric Adams firing back at Kathy Hochul. Any plan that once that states all migrants must stay in New York City, that's a failed plan. Any plan that does not include stopping the flow at the border is a failed plan. And here's a little more where he goes after Kathy Hochul. The Governor Hochul has been a, plan, a partner on subway safety, on crime, on a host of things. But I think this issue, I think the governor's wrong. She's the governor of the state of New York. New York City is in that state. Every county in this state should be part of this. We have 0.05 of the land mass in this state, and we have 90, almost 99% of the migrant asylum seekers. This is a, this is a real leadership moment. It's a real leadership moment, he says. And she says, you know what? It is New York City's creation. It's New York City's problem. She's giving some money and giving some state locations. But guess what? They're not going anywhere because the other counties don't want them. The other counties are like, we don't want them. And even within New York City, they don't want them. But. They are here, and they're going to keep on coming, Mr. Mayor, unless you come up with another plan. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Mike first off, uh, line eight. Uh, Mike from South Carolina. First off, what's your take on the migrants, Mike? Uh, when will it come to an end? And like you said, Rita, and I can't agree more, uh, future generations will feel the effect of this disaster, this devil, uh, Democrat Biden and his cohorts, you know, scam artists. And it's just, uh, it, it, it's sickening. And again, I'm glad you brought that up, Rita. You always do. You're always on target. Same with Dominic and all the other good hosts. You know what? It is uh, despicable. Well, what are you talking about? What plane? What Afghanistan? What, what are you talking about? Dismissed like it never happened. What money? What are you talking about? <laughs> and he laughs. He walks away. Turns his back on the reporters. He's, you know, always on vacation. Always got, you know, uh, uh, he's got the deer in the headlight look when he's not reading from the, uh, you know, teleprompter. It's it's a uh, it's disgraciad, total disgrace. It is, and it's and just like you said, it's a disgrace to those heroic servicemen and women uh, that fought there. Uh, obviously, even the many who died over the years. And then that terrible day where 13 service members died and the fact that the family doesn't even have details like they took the SIM cards apparently out of the phones. So they don't even know like uh, they don't even have like family photos that were in there, like recent pictures that they took there. They won't give them back. Why? I mean, it makes you wonder, what are they covering up? Um, and we did hear them testify saying, yeah, I told him uh, Bagram. And remember, Biden testified, oh, nobody told me to uh Stay in Bagram. They all did. They all did. It's it is shameful. And as far as the border, this is a huge national security issue too, because we are so wide open. There's a new report that a number of these migrant smugglers are becoming so desperate that many of them are wearing body armor and shooting at border agents. Uh, that's really lovely. It really makes their job even easier. There's been a couple shootouts with border agents, and these drug smugglers. And human trafficking smugglers 
are like they are like loaded for bear. Like you see some of these images. I mean, they look like uh, like they're going into Afghanistan or Iraq. I mean, they are like, you know, highly fortified, wearing the body proof armor, wearing, you know, submachine guns. And these are the guys who are bringing drugs across. Uh, these are the ones that our border agents are coming across. I mean, this is really scary, really, really scary. There's also a new report. And I know uh, you love this country, Mike. You always talk so much about your appreciation, which is why we love you, Mike. Um, but this is really scary. There's a story of FBI scrambling to track down now migrants who entered the United States. And apparently it's a dozen Uzbek nationals from Uzbekistan um, and they came through, and it turns out the smuggler they were working with has ties to ISIS. How nice is that? And we're trying to locate them. They're apparently already in the United States. They know that much. But they're trying to locate these people, and they have no idea where they are. How scary is that? A dozen Uzbek nationals with ties to an ISIS smuggler. How nice is that? And they're in the United States. And remember, we have about 8 million that have crossed under President Biden so far. That's why this is such an enormous, major, major security issue. This is this is just, it is darn right frightening. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Victoria, line two. Victoria, your thoughts. Victoria. Uh, I'm a Polish extraction, so I'm a fighter. I love. I by can't... the way, I am too. I love you, Victoria. That's great. Yes, thank, thank you. I can't understand where are all the airplanes that brought them here, and the and the buses and all. We should have just taken them and put them in them and turned them back out, and that would be an easy way for everybody. And you know that mayor of yours, he's a crackpot. I think. I don't know how they voted for him. They should have gotten. Well, you know what? You know what, Victoria? And listen, Curtis has been out at the protests uh, and he's been speaking out, which is which is great, because I think it's just incredible that they have been looking at these facilities in residential neighborhoods. I'm surprised there haven't been protests sooner because it's just it is so shocking. And I think, you know, it's starting to really backfire. There are Republicans, Democrats independence, just anybody with common sense is going on. Maybe it's not a good idea to have uh, single adult men uh, in a migrant shelter right by a soccer field or right by uh, a grammar school. I mean, that that's just the definition of insanity. Uh, I agree with you, Victoria. Let's go to Tony. Tony, your thoughts. Yeah. Hi, Rita. Thanks a lot for taking my call. I'll make this really quick. I think, you know, uh, within the first three or four months, I don't know about you, but I saw that, you know, everything that was being done was being done deliberately. I mean, the very, the very next day that, that Biden took office, he had a stack of books on his desk that was reversing everything that, that Trump had done. You know, and as far as the 80-something million dollars or 80-something billion dollars worth of equipment, somebody got paid for that equipment. And I, I'd like to know who collected the money on that, because I'm sure they just didn't, like, you know, use it and that's it. That that equipment was was actually sold. It was either sold for money or somebody got paid for it. You know, somebody in our country got paid for that money. Got, got paid for it because we could have very easily destroyed everything that we had. All you need to do is set up some kind of a self destruct button, 
and they could have destroyed everything. You know, I, I agree with you, Tony, because it's unfathomable that you would leave that kind of equipment behind. It just it defies logic that anybody would be that stupid to say, OK, I'm going to leave uh, 80 plus billion dollars of U.S. equipment behind and just do it because, what, you were too lazy to put them on a plane? You could have taken at least a lot of them on a plane. You could have destroyed it, like you said. Um, you could have taken it out and sold it to an ally as opposed to leave it in the hands of the Taliban. It just it it is unconscionable and it, it defies common sense. So you had a very good point because we should be following the money on that. Who got paid for that? Who did they sell it to? Was there some backdoor deal? Other people are brought up Bagram because Bagram, of course, is strategic and it's right by China, too. It's right by Asia. So you would have thought maybe uh, maybe there's some sort of deal. Who knows? Now that we're hearing all this other stuff going on tied to China and the passes that this administration has given China, who knows? But I I agree with you. We need to get to the bottom of it. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, about the border. What a mess. And national security. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. Michael Jackson. By the way, it's my buddy Michael Jackson's birthday today. He would have been 65 or so, somewhere around there. Um, What a talented artist. And I remember watching him perform live. I was like, wow. I mean, and he come back, how did I do? It's like, "Uh, you did great. (laughs) You rocked him, baby. You rocked him. What a talented artist. And boy, so many hits. Let's put it up a little bit. Today, he would have been 65 years old. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, Just unbelievable uh, talent. And think about the mark that he left. Um, How many, you know, a few artists can say that they left such an incredible mark on history. I wish I had met Elvis. I met Michael. I didn't get to meet Elvis. I would have loved to have met Elvis. Get one of his scarves, you know, one of those. Talk to him. About his uh, outfits, where he got them, because he was a schnazzy dresser and a great singer, too. But we are talking about what's going on at the border, and boy, is it a mess. Uh, I don't know what the end result is, because it's going to get ugly. I think the next year or two more are going to come, and the Biden administration will continue to ignore it. 
One person who is stepping up, by the way, I was just seeing that Governor, uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, saying that he will fight this all the way to the Supreme Court. The Department of Justice is going after him. Biden's DOJ, uh, which seems to be busy this day, is going after Trump. They found some time to go after Governor Abbott. Um, and so they are going after him for those buoys, the floating buoys, those temporary ones in the Rio Grande, saying that they're not a good thing in the in the Rio Grande. They put them up to protect themselves and to be sort of a temporary border. So Department of Justice is suing Greg Abbott. And now Greg Abbott says that he will fight this if he has to all the way to the highest court in the land because he says he will do whatever he can to secure the border, especially Texas is a border state. And sadly, now every town across America is a border town. Thanks to President Biden's policies. Uh, Let's go to Alex real quick in California. Alex, your thoughts. I think you're taking my call. I just want to say is I don't I don't blame Eric Adams or any other politician for the current uh, presence of illegal aliens in the United States. I blame the voting blocs who use their electoral might to to support open borders. And one group that is rarely mentioned is, in fact, the Episcopalian Church. Well, and by the way, a lot of churches have been helping. You know, a lot of the, the charities from the churches and others are trying to help. And again, I don't blame the migrants. I blame uh, the drug dealers, the human traffickers, and the politicians who are saying, hey, we'll set them up in your neighborhood. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 